0: I would like to get exotic leathers all on my my car seat? <laughs> what? I definitely was looking up ostrich skins. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs>
1: Leather Daddy is not fucking Google shit that I needed to add to the shit this (laughs) show has made me Google. Well, maybe. (laughs) No matter how good your AC was, especially Texas summer or Florida summer, there's that 20 minutes of, hey man, your car is going to be like fucking playing the floor is lava with the seatbelt buckle or like any, any metal surface.
2: That is, that is legitimately one of the worst things I've ever had happen to me. Of, like <laughs> getting in your car and like you just graze that seatbelt buckle on accident while you are still,
1: <sighs> a full on burn, a full on burn. Yeah. It's like when you would take a cigarette lighter and fucking light it till it got red hot and then zap your friends with it. Like y'all did that, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, Assault? <laughs> Assault <model thing. laughs> no. we only did it when we were really high. And didn't know it was coming. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> Go to the hospital.
1: Oh, no. You'd have a little bark on you. That was fine
2: for life. Yeah. You
1: know, no, the cigarette burns scarred permanently. The little fucking lighter ones. did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Hey, thank you for finally getting that reference. Jeff. I'm apologizing for my cough drop sounds. No, that's okay. You,
0: you.
3: Whoa. Okay.
0: Now I was I was gonna be nice. Oh yeah, that's not. That's <laughs> not. Let's not do that. Let's not do that.
3: Nope. You already said it's okay. <laughs> you already said it's okay. <laughs> uh,
1: I it was gonna be nice, but now, now you you made it weird.
3: I'm a, I'm a news. I'm a news. This is character work. This is foley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Oh good. good. <laughs>
1: now we found the intro. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the TTRPG podcast that quite frequently is horrified to discover how many times it used the same two words over and over and over again months later when editing a session. My name's Turner, and I'll be winding my way around the perimeter of this intro until those two words no longer have any meaning. Little bonus salt to anybody who counts how many times I say them this episode and posts it in the Discord. I totally won't kick you or ban you or mute you at all. There's zero, zero risk of that. I'm a good sport. You can tell by my tone. Episode 14, the party tries to find an economical solution to a common problem, and we enter the hallowed grounds of Yal Havar. If you're a new listener, welcome. We do sincerely appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. And of course, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who help us bring you bigger and better content. If you'd like to find out what they get for supporting the show, hang out afterwards. Of course, Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show. due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, gore, and whatever the fuck that was that Tori was doing in the intro. We're sorry. Yeah, any additional content warnings will be in the show notes below. And before we get started, once again, would like to encourage everybody to head over to BradyUnited.org. Brady United is America's largest nonpartisan grassroots organization leading the fight to prevent gun violence. It's not about taking away anybody's rights. It's about reducing gun violence by 25% by 2025. Doesn't take a lot to be a better hero than one of the party of five. Here's your chance. On that note, let's get back to Tori as Maury the Hughes, Harland as Todd the Tiefling, Jamie as Eldrin Thaneros, Jazz as Fate of Noark, and Anthony as Baba Tunde. Agu, let's start the show. As soon as she's gone from the light, the whole person spell that had been cast over your releases and you are able to move freely again at that point. We will say Fate spends a sleepless night the rest of the night. Somewhat in shock throughout the evening, and we will pop open to the uh, top top of the morning to everybody. Al comes down. You guys wake up to the smell of an incredibly savory farm breakfast being made. Somehow he has laid out a full continental breakfast on that big table. You don't know how he snuck down in the night and prepared it for all of y'all before you came down or why he has a waffle bar in his house, but he does. Um, hospitality is a big thing to you. Hey, all right, come on, everybody, come on in, uh, get yourself a good breakfast, uh, most important meal of the day. And then uh, you guys, um, fate, you know what you got to do, buddy. I know you went through your goth phase already. I'm glad to see, I see you got your lipstick from back in the day. Again, put a little bit on your cheek there. That's, a, that's uh You gotten real good at that. Uh, <laughs> and um, like I said, the last place uh, anybody saw Salome was uh, up at the campus. I think that's a good place to start. I um, will clean up after y'all get out of here because there's a lot of different stains that y'all have left down here for sure. Um, I hope you guys don't mind if y'all will just use the bathroom downstairs instead of upstairs. Fate's mom is still upstairs before you leave.
3: Does Todd like kip up? <laughs> Do like a starfish <laughs> kip up from the from the monk sleep?
0: He likes up <laughs> very very. He's always very tired. He's not very good until he has his Earl Grey tea. And <laughs> uh, knowing that are they're, they're, they're tea people, there's going to be a good Earl Grey. He can smell it. He'll be good. He'll be good. Um, So, coffee gives him the run, so he goes with the
1: tea. There we go. See, like every every nuance that you give Todd has to be immediately countered (laughs) with something like that. Coffee makes me poop.
2: (laughs) Where is where, though, as far as like, you know, morning constitutionals for the rest of the party. Who's going to be the one who discovers the uh, the bathroom situation that Todd has left? <laughs> you don't discover it, sir. Indeed. That's a that's the whole point of the upper deck. It's a yes. That's the whole point. It's found eventually.
1: That depends on whether or not you guys go here or go in the Winemajo. You know, are you a use a bathroom at your friend's dad's house or you? I'll wait till I get in the RV, person. That's entirely up to to you. Listen, listen, listen. I was once told.
2: That you're not friends
0: Out of character Yes, out of character You know the rules You know the rules, Anthony
2: We're not not friends Until I take a dump at your house
0: (laughs) That's the rule
5: I was told that by somebody if Somebody was me Somebody, somebody was yeah. me
0: That is a rule That is a rule
5: That <laughs> <No>. was <laughs> a prolific pooper
1: Alright so yeah, You guys wrap up in the morning
2: Wait wait Does does that mean that Todd is friends with fate now? Oh
0: no 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 it's got to go in the bowl no. if it goes in the top the top to count
1: no it counts no no uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, uh uh oh i do
2: oh your friends yeah your friends that is a friend prank <laughs>
1: At the very least, your frenemies At the very, very least <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs>
3: prank yourself
1: Yeah You love him Eldon, <laughs> high or low? What's it going to be?
5: Uh, I should say whatever I'm thinking And then go the other way So mm-hmm. let's go the uh, low <laughs> You should ask Tori Would you, you
0: should
3: go high or low? <laughs> I was going to say low, so oh. it feels it feels right I'm going to go low
1: I, give me the give me the D100 then? Mm. Nope. Mm. 84. Mm. Mm. The streak continues the
0: streak.
5: What is going on? Continues.
0: It's almost statistically impossible for him. to get a 50-50 chance. It's almost, He's never rolled it. It's almost statistically impossible. All,
1: the, the only reason why he still has one now is because Tori rolled it in his body at that point, right? <laughs> and then uh, Tori just give me a D20 roll. Right. Jamie, get no Merlin. Jamie, get no Merlin. He's got one. He just doesn't get a new one. <laughs>
2: He's still rocking to Fabio, right?
1: Mm-hmm. 13. 13.
3: Just wakes up in slow motion.
1: The item matrix, the universal uh, cube that it kind of floats around, glows a little bit, and it is a uh, a box of tacks, mm. <laughs> uh, basically. So it's this big box of tacks that seems to be wrapped up a certain way. hmm. Short-range 45, long-range 90. If thrown, it explodes into a 10-foot radius, creating difficult terrain. Any character that moves through the tax takes 1d4 damage per 5 feet of movement. Um, one use. So, box attacks. <laughs> that can be used to create caltrops, basically, by throwing them. You ploop out a box of tax. You will have that until the next long rest, or you use it.
5: Free spike growth.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. So, you guys give Al a fond farewell load in the Winnamejo and uh, fate headed anywhere in particular. Are you going to yahavar What's the plan fate? Um,
2: everything fate has tried to do has failed this far. So he's actually going to listen to advice for once and go ahead and take himself to yahavar
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Who's, who's driving?
2: I'm driving shotgun.
1: You guys load up into the Winnamejo pretty much loading into the cab. There's enough seating up at the front. You lock the compass into its holder and it begins pointing towards Yal Havar.
2: Um, hey, Eldrin, um, I, I know you're driving, but, um, just wanted to let you know, um, something weird happened last night. Um, I know you tend to be our expert on things that are weird around here. Lots of weird shit, yeah. So I thought I'd, yeah, I thought I'd, uh, let you know. Um, so, I, I, do you remember, like, after, like, shortly after we all kind of met each other, there was that quick trip over into the Feywild, where, you know, time got all wibbly-wobbly on us, and, um, then we came back and we were on our way to Taliesin to try and get ourselves unstuck. And then we got there, and then there was the, uh, there was the, there was the woman or the, 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 the group of people, and there was the woman who said something about going to kill death, which seemed weird, but then like, then they vanished, and then everybody else was just like, Huh? Nothing? Like nothing happened? But like we all remember that there was people there, but nobody else seemed to know. Like you remember that? Remember that whole weird thing that happened?
5: Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. The, the sword. Yeah. She like cut a hole in the thing. Yeah. It was cool.
2: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um. I. She. She. Came to my house last night and um. Hey. Hey. hey,
5: hey. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh-huh.
2: Um. Does the name Galatea ring any bells to you?
1: Everybody, roll perception checks real quick. And I am not in roll 20, so read them off, but not all at the same time like what normally happens.
2: Am I rolling perception also?
1: Oh. Uh, everybody except Maury. I
2: was about to
3: say Maury's just looking out the window.
0: Todd rolled the 20. To 24 for Bubba.
2: 18. 23 for Fate.
1: As Fate says Galatea, you guys hear a shlurp, and you kind of look back to the couch that Maury is riding on as she's looking at the window. And I think, Maury, correct me if I'm wrong, your shape is normally like humanoid-esque, mm. right? But it's more rounded. There is the general impression of features. Yeah. And, and clothing. Mm. But Maury has solidified into, she's still somewhat transparent, still definitely an ooze, but the has solidified into a shape that has a level of definition that you haven't seen in a while. And she now appears to be a, a ominous six foot four, a heavily plated, much more clearly a woman um, as she stands out the window. Sorry, Maury, you don't even you don't even feel this just Can I like bump my head on the top of the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> it's you, 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 you like- clunk. As Eldrin kind of swerves a little bit, you clunk into it and you catch your reflection in the in the window. And I, I don't think more even really reacts. To it just kind of shrugs and go on. But Maury has subconsciously taken the form of Galatea at the mention of her name. Continue. Wait, wait, wait. Alright, so.
2: Do I see it in the rearview mirror while I'm driving? Yes. Like. El Eldrin, give me just one second. I'll be I'll be right back. I just wanna I wanna test something real quick. Okay. And so I turn around to Mori. Galatea. Bless you? Galatea. Does she does she change again? She already looked at like her. Oh, I thought I thought it was like went back. Okay.
1: No, 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 no. She she still looks like her. Oh,
2: okay. All right, never
1: mind. Then. Yeah. Oh, all right. Damn. This isn't a Beetlejuice situation, Jen. Yeah. Gotta tell you. Gotta tell you.
3: Feel like Maury feels the word directed in their direction. Gotta
2: tell you. Gotta tell you.
3: Like in a way, you'd say somebody's name and uh, and kind of like okay, hey. <laughs>
2: yeah, all right. Well. Gotta tell you. Gotta tell you get it to
3: you. I want to react. I don't recognize the name, right? Do I recognize actually, do I recognize the name?
1: Give me a quick religion check just off the top. Because I think Ogden very clearly not religious, but I think he probably would have given you at least a overview of the Pantheon, definitely to stay away from Tritherion paladins. Ognum and the Church of Tritherion didn't have the great greatest relationship even before the goons came out of the scene, but
3: <laughs> More is definitely one of those uh kids that gets too into like Mythology. It's like this this is a cool story. Um, but I rolled an 18 on religion.
1: Okay. Yeah, you know exactly who Galatea is and the story of the dual aspects of her nature as being both unyielding but also a bringer of peace and final rest. It, you know, it's told of as being a fierce reaper of souls and sometimes being seen as somebody who brings an end to suffering. But yeah, you absolutely know who Galatea is. However, you weren't pentahedron shard infused when she became the goddess of death. Mm. If the guys tried to tell somebody else that Galatea hadn't been the goddess of death before, they would be able to conceive of it. You, because now you're infused with the pentahedron, could take that information in and act upon it and retain it, but it slides off of most other people's perceptions. But you haven't been exposed to that information yet, so you would have kind of the traditional, by-the-book understanding of of who she is as a deity.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, We'll come back to
2: that in a bit. Um, Eldrin, but yeah, you, the name Galatea. Yes. Um, so that woman. Yes, familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently succeeded. Um, is now Galatea and may or may not like it. I'm not, uh, it, it, it seems like, seems like there's a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of Triterion thing going on. Um, long story short, uh, I might have been presented with another proposition that I might be able to save my mother with, but I'm not sure how that's going to work out. So what was
5: the ask? Like,
2: quick pro quo here. The The, the ask was the, 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 the ask was not specific other than I will have an opportunity to provide aid to Galatea. I would know it when it arrived and that I would have a decision to make. And my life may or may not be on the line. And I show the I point at the white kiss mark on tattoo on my face now.
1: For the record, I did say that you guys were all in the cab of the Winna major. so unless Todd or Baba explicitly we want to say that they're not, they're hearing this as well. hmm Yeah, yeah. That that's
5: I'm trying to talk loudly for everybody to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, that's definitely um suspicious. Uh Baba, thoughts? Concerns? Todd?
0: Um you know, just we just we, we kill with the the person we gotta we gotta take
2: out ahead of us. So how do you kill death? She did it. This. That's true. That's a good point. That is is—that is a solid point. This
5: is, you, make, you make a very good point there, Todd. Uh, <laughs> that, that is a solid point.
1: <laughs> she did it. God damn it. I hate it when Todd makes sense. <laughs>
2: I, Todd, I will say that she did let it slip, that she did do it. With the aid of the sword. We saw her do it. Mm. No, we didn't see her do it. We saw her go to go do it. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, We saw her go to do it. So we do know that she was- Yeah, we had a few
1: people that know she was
3: human, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're the only group. But you yeah. f- four are the only ones who know that there was a god of death yeah. beforehand.
3: You know her? Me? <laughs> you know, this. this is like- I mean- Big fan. Pepper really loved when I would look like her and we'd fight with our wooden swords and she would kill death in like a fun kind of play away. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) that, that happened.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was Yeah. I I seen her when we first went into town, she was looking big. I was going to try to get at her right then, but I don't know if that would have worked at that point in time.
2: So after a, after a failed, deal with the devil you decide to make a deal with a deity
0: hmm. yeah you don't sound like you're very good with these
2: deals you made sir so did he make a deal it seems to be have sealed with a kiss S-
3: the scientific method
2: <laughs> I, I i just i would like to point out that one um that that's that's fair as far as perception would go but i'd like to go ahead and point out that i did not make said deal right man um because i reflected upon The past deals I've made and how they didn't work out for me, Mm. but the offer was still presented and has not been closed out as far as the Galatea is concerned.
1: So... Here I am for the record, as he's going into this, you know, in in the past, you guys have had advantage on insight checks against each other. Mm -hmm. I will tell you now the bond has progressed to the point where you automatically know where the, whether or not other members within the group are lying to each other. (laughs) Only to each other, not to other people, Mm -hmm. but you can no longer lie to each other. You can try, but everybody in the group will immediately instinctively know that it's bullshit Mm. because you'll be able to feel it. Welcome to another disadvantage,
4: kids. (laughs) Boo.
1: Wait, was I lying? I didn't lie about anything just now. No, no. I'm just saying, as you're going into that, if there might be any suspicion that fate's holding anything back, you guys automatically knew, and this is the best place for me to drop that little nugget. So, there you go.
2: Okay. This really only seems to be a disadvantage for Todd. What? (laughs) Todd is the one that does all the lying, that is true. (laughs) What? So, um, and I'd like to point out again, um... The deal that was presented to me, the final uh, clause of it is uh, dependent on my decision. uh my life is at stake.: Oh pfft. yeah, that part sucks. Uh, yeah that's, that seems all right. Okay, Todd. <laughs> uh but if if I recall correctly, um, your life ending uh could cause catastrophic world ending boom blap explosion. Yeah
0: only if only if it happens before we do the shard thing so let's just take care of his shard first and then if he dies he dies uh Is that how that work
5: are we are we sure that that's what if the favor comes before that doesn't seem like a foolproof plan there todd listen i'm
0: just i'm workshopping things i'm just workshopping
2: are we absolutely certain that our that our stabilizing shard protects us from the causes of the the death no No, we're not sure.
0: It stops that person from being a goo monster, doesn't it? Uh, goo
2: monster. Ooh. What is- Uh, Mori? Is- is Agnum awake in
1: there? Oh, no, we left him with the robot body.
3: Ognomaton. Has that been said?
1: No, it has not.
3: More, more fully spaced <laughs> out and just chimes back in with that.
1: <laughs> no, it's fucking canon now and genius. The Ognomaton. <laughs> no, uh, the Ognomaton. You guys do still have access to Star. he did explicitly say. He did, yeah. But the Ognomaton um, did say he would be out of contact other than that. For a while, yeah. For a while, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I could send him a little message message maybe <laughs> if you guys want it just like a quick parent text you know um if- i might get like a single word response but if you had a question i could try
2: yeah yeah um so i'm, I'm gonna reach up and hit the star
1: okay Bung. hello this is star and a projection a shimmering hologram of a little Ognum appears on the dashboard in front of you uh, it is Old Organic Ognum, which would lead you to believe that this might be a magical chatbot in effect, since Ognum himself is oh. out of the picture currently. <gasps> so he might not have access to Ognum's full resources, but is better than nothing. Yeah. Welcome to Ognum He's great at going to recitals.
4: Yeah, yes, I, that is that is correct, Maury.
1: <laughs>
2: Hi, Ogstar. What? Why did you say her name like that?
4: I don't know. <laughs> Why would I say anyone's name like that? This is Augstar. How can I help
2: you? Um y- yes, Augstar. Um, does the acquisition of my stabilizing shard protect me from possibly shattering the world in reality as we know it, um, upon my possible passing or death? I'm
4: I'm sorry, the world is ending
1: how? What? I need to go ahead and you wouldn't think a hologram could look panic, but it does look a little bit concerned for a moment. Like, <laughs> wait, what the fuck is this guy asking me about? <laughs>
2: Um, I'm sorry, I, I thought this was Ogstar. I figured you would be aware of the situation. Have you not been monitoring all of our activities? No,
4: this, this isn't RNG, Star, Fate. Uh, Ogdom, I don't believe, has had a ton of apocalyptic conversations with you. Those all happened in the in-between realms with RNG.
2: Uh, Ogdom was mostly focused on experimenting with you guys regarding alternate reality. uh you're right, you're right, you're right. And the stabilizing agents preventing you from being
4: into a single organic being that looked like a fleshy, goopy beholder.
2: That's the, that's the one that we talked about with Agna, yeah. Ratra.
4: Nellam Ratra. yes.
2: Okay.
3: That sounds cool. That's what we're going to do? <laughs>
0: I'm
2: confused.
3: <laughs> What's the goal? <laughs> What's the bad thing? What's the good thing?
2: To not be that. Um, to, to not, to not, to not do what he said. We want to not do it. Yeah. To not do that. I'm gonna write that down. Correct, correct, Mori. Yes, Mori. We want to not turn into giant goopy conglomeration of no
3: Fred Blob. That's fine. <laughs> Fred Blob. Yes, yes.
2: That's fine, Mori. Those of us who are not goo mm-hmm. prefer to stay that way. But you are goo. I am a goo.
3: I uh, am
2: goo. Yeah, he's
0: I goo. You is Agu.
3: I, I, uh, Agu?
2: Yes, I am Agu.
0: Uh, Agu <laughs> he's Agu. Yes. You are Agu.
2: Okay.
5: Oh my God, guys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, yes, I understand.
5: Got it.
4: O- okay, this is Augusta. Anything relevant before I disappear? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, n- no. Okay. No, thank you. Bye.
4: Thanks, this has been Augstar Really think about it before you bring me next time
2: <laughs> <laughs> It was a good question, just ask the wrong person
3: Hey, uh, uh hello he- oh, How is, what's the The Q word? Hello, Ogstar. Hi, Ogstar. sup, Ogstar. Sup, Augstar,
4: This is Augstar, how can I help you?
3: Play Jeopardy What? <laughs> Does this one not have the question of the day? Uh, the one at home does.
4: I'm sorry. Do you need to activate that skill uh, before Ogstar can play that game? Uh, fine, fine. I apologize. Goodbye. What are copyrighted properties for 100, Alex? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the answer. Fuck. Didn't even do. No, that's the question. God damn it. And he
1: disappears in a puff of logic. <laughs>
5: I think it's safe to assume don't don't want him to die though just saying
3: not not just (laughs) yet oh was that the question we should discuss the question ahead of time that would have been a much more succinct question to ask Alexar. should fate die
1: (laughs) he's not like a genie you get more than one question you just actually have to ask it You know, Harland has a surprisingly complicated and Byzantine set of rules of etiquette. 90% of them involve a bathroom, but still it's impressive in this day and age that somebody truly maintains the old traditions. Hey gang, uh, mid-show announcements. Uh, Mondays, 8pm Central Standard Time, twitch.tv slash gmdlcast, we do a live stream. On that live stream, do we play Dungeons and Dragons? No. No, we do not. Why would you expect an actual play podcast to play Dungeons and Dragons on their stream? That would be ridiculous. We do D&D adjacent stuff on the stream. Okay, well, what the fuck is that? Well, community interviews, character creation workshops, Mad Lib style one-shot generation, sometimes hanging out, talking shit. Lately, been a lot of Baldur's Gate gossip. All spoiler free, more really about who's a long rest and who's a short rest, if you know what I'm talking about. Our newest show, Abyssal Chicken Soup for the Adventuring Soul, totally was centered around real letters written to Abby the Abyssal Chicken from adventurers asking for advice that the Pentagon's not the cast members, that the Pentagoons gave totally appropriate and mature advice in response to. So you can't miss that. That's almost like community service. And most of us have at least a little bit of that. We need to clear. And speaking of getting clear, you know what's not a cult? Our Discord. That is a really welcoming, inviting space full of some really cool people who support each other, talk about the show, and celebrate how much they all enjoyed The Last Jedi, especially Draken. I have never seen somebody go paragraph by paragraph, rebutting every negative thing that he sees online posted about that movie. It's changed my mind. Totally respect it. So get up on in there. We used to just keep it for patrons, and we still reserve the really fun bits for the patrons. But, you know, everybody's welcome, and you get a chance to chat and contribute ideas and get the most up-to-date news outside of our social media, which is kind of a mess right now because there's so much of it. I mean, look, man, we had Twitter mostly down, and then that is just mostly Russian bots. And now there's the blue sky and threads and Instagrams and the... <laughs> I... I... Please just join our Discord. It's so much simpler. But you know what you can still do that is is super useful and handy? Head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. It would really help to let a few people know that we finally stopped doing episodes about the Evaluative Derby because apparently five episodes in the same location might have turned a few people off and we could absolutely, you know, use use a few of them to come back. So, you know, give us some stars, post some positive reviews, let the algorithms know that we are a valid member of society with 0.0 community service remaining. Huh? Cool. Much like Kevin McCarthy, my stream of consciousness is now run dry. Back to the show. So as you make your way towards Yalhavar, the city and college, the country roads... Take us home? Yep, there we go. Wind around till you finally hop onto a winding way, and you transition to what effectively is the exterior city. So the city is divided up into two sections, really. Yalhavar campus itself, the center of the magical heart of learning in Normir, which is this huge campus surrounded uh, completely by a low 10-foot brick wall with this ironwork at the top, dead center into the city with a northern gate and a southern gate. There are just two gates to it. The city surrounding it is a mix of brick and timber uh, structures that, uh, that very much look like you would imagine a college town for me just would look like. So imagine fucking Portland in a fantasy fucking environment. There are bookshops and little magical spoon stores everywhere. Mages of all stripe and type lounge in different coffee shops, uh, debating sophomoric magical theory endlessly. There are more than one or two fucking groups of mages circled around a hookah at one particular stop, blowing different cantrips into smoke rings. A fairly middle-class looking city as you drive through it. Uh, Everything appears to be crafted to support the school, to provide services to the school and the people that attend it. Coffee shops, bookstores, little restaurants, little out-of-the-way places, the occasional side cafe that clearly doubles as a place for bards to gather and and play music. Are you going to try and go through the Northern Gate or the Southern Gate and to Yal Havar?
2: We're coming from the South, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go in from the Southern Gate then.
1: So you guys uh, wind down to the road and, and approach the Southern Gate, glistening red brick wall that encircles the entire perimeter of the campus. On top of the wall, there's this ornate ironwork, not spikes, but these peaked ironwork that runs along the perimeter of it. And this archway, which wouldn't be wide enough to uh, accommodate the Winnemajo, even if the guards weren't stopping you. And, and, and guards is, is probably an over-exaggeration. There are two individuals wearing what are clearly are a campus official uniform, a centaur on the right-hand side of the gate. And a hobgoblin on the left hand side of the gate, wearing like this dark, dark blue uniform with yellow embroidery and piping across all the seams, um, and this really elaborate seal of Yal Hav- Havar on their breastplates. It's almost a combination robe slash. Uh, it's it's basically like a, a coat that has that bell out at the bottom that has like the like the bottom looks like a like almost like a a mage robe, but it is it's much more stiff, a much more military dress to it. I mean, they they wave their hands up as you guys approach approach up to the gate. The centaur, who yes, even even the centaur has the coat on, which then kind of drapes across her back, goes, "Um, g- gentlemen, excuse me. I don't. What what do you think you're doing?
5: Taking a tour of the school?
1: Yeah, no, you can't." pull that up in here and we just don't let anybody onto the grounds what so if you would like to uh if you'd like to park in one of the uh the campus lots is it paid parking
2: is it free um, I stick my head out and, uh, f- uh, excuse me, excuse me. Um, I am actually alumni here. Um, is it possible for t- us to get passage with my, with have my, do you have a current parking pass for the year?
0: Ooh.
2: Um, no, but if you can let me get to the admissions, uh, admissions office, I will probably take care of that.
1: If you're alumni, you know, that's not how this works. You can, uh, go and acquire a temporary parking pass in one of the lots and she parks to a number of fields where you see all kinds of carts and the horses tied up to an Umber Hulk or two sitting around with their gnomish and kobold pilots, Umbers, uh, waiting around to pick up students who don't own a vehicle. Uh, but just a wide variety of brooms and carts and carriages that don't have any horses, more than a few beaten up motor vehicles you know, there's four lots pretty much at each compass point, even though there's only the two gates and kind of rows of different vehicles parked into it. Because again, Yalhavar is huge. It is a city set within a city, right? At this point, they go, well, uh, you can go over to one of the lots and get a temporary parking pass, which will keep you for about two hours, which would be enough time for you then to go down to the registrar's office and buy a season worth of parking. Um, with a vehicle like that, you would probably need to buy two passes. So that's yeah, about 550 gold i think is the current rate
3: um
0: we've only got one single x
3: which she be able to s- to see me um if i was kind of sitting like looking out the window and the, like could i put my hat on and change
1: yeah for sure for sure
3: okay, i'm going to put the hat of disguise on and kind of look like a like a female version of fate but somehow s- snootier okay and lean my head out and look at her. Um. Well, actually, um, I'm a guest speaker here. Um, and there should be. I should be getting a visitor's pass. I, we don't have time to do all this.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sorry. What's what's the name that the pass would be under? Fay
3: Terter. Do you need me to spell that for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I'm going to need you to spell that for
4: me.
3: F-A-E. Mm-hmm. T-E-R apostrophe
1: mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
1: T-A-Y mm-hmm. T A Y T. E-I-R.
0: Feitier? Feitier.
1: And which uh, which college are you uh, speaking at? All of them. <coughs> I'm sorry?
0: <laughs>
1: All of them.
3: I don't have time for this. Um, I have very important things to teach these students.
1: We have separate lists for each college for the guest speakers. And we're, ha- <sighs> we're happy to look you, but mm. none of the college's get along well enough to share speakers, ma'am. So if you've been informed that they...
3: Exactly. So would you like to talk to all of them to discuss my presence here?
1: You've clearly been the victim of a cruel prank. It happens all the time with the Enchanters. If you will go park in the lot, we'll be happy to um, let you onto campus to get this resolved. I I will tell you, this ruse, Maury, will get you guys through the gate. It won't get the vehicle through the gate. Ah. Part of this challenge would be you guys getting onto the campus between fate claiming to be an alumnus, which he's not.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and now this ruse that you're doing, you guys would be able to get onto campus possibly with a, with a guide, but that still isn't going to provide uh, parking for the Winter Major on campus. Um, so, so yeah, if you would um, you go park, you can either get the temporary, a, a temporary parking pass, which will cover you for a couple hours, um, and then you can come in and get a... Get a
3: and what does that look like?
1: Like a, like the pass?
3: Yes. <laughs> so we got the correct one. You go to one of the,
1: the... See, there's a little... There's like a little... It's like a parking booth, but it looks like a little mage tower, but it's only one story. And there's a little desk that the extremely bored-looking student or townie is leaning out over, uh, smoking a cigarette. I and mean, you see a vehicle pull into the lot, and they snap their fingers, and a little scroll appears. And it writes on it, and then it floats around, and it sticks to the window. Of the vehicle, it's inscribed mm. and basically that lets them magically know that they created it, mm. and then it disappears after two hours. Or you, if you have the parking pass, that's a uh, a more permanent placard that uh, is inscribed with the seal of the college that you belong to, and that'll that get you right into the lot. Okay.
0: What happens if we stay past the two hours? Is towing enforced? I don't, I'm looking for signs that say <laughs> towing is enforced.
1: Um, well, your vehicle is booted. Um, in that it is turned into a boot um, and then we take it back to a shelf and we put it on a shelf until you pay fine and uh, i can get it back at that point
5: is the fine more than the parking pass
1: oh considerably so okay because we let Faye creatures run the impound yards most part of the deal for some of the the property there's some there's some unique things about the campus um and so part of the deal that we struck uh, with the land was allowing the uh, certain fake creatures to run certain aspects it generally it's like the name of your firstborn child or the um the memories of your first love but that's the kind of thing that's generally what you got to pay for to get the get the vehicles back
5: oh okay yeah uh i mean 500 gold doesn't sound that bad in in, um, in that regard do we have 500 gold guys
1: that's per, per spot you would have to get two. remember
2: two. Oh my god We've only got one axle though. Um gentle gentlemen um sorry, excuse excuse me, one moment talks I'm talking to the guys in the party. Matter of fact, uh, turn on the uh, uh, mind uh link.
1: That's right, sir. If y'all would just please pull over to the side, we have people are trying to get through here and you're blocking up a complete lane. So they'll have to wait.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so turn on my link. Eldrin, um,
1: can we just... Uh. She, I'm sorry, what was that, sir, in the back? Did you say something? You are... He
2: said nothing, nothing,
5: nothing. Just We're just going to pull over. Okay, okay. <laughs> just shut the fuck up, Todd. You shut the fuck up,
2: Elgin. Can we, uh, can we just find somewhere else to park that isn't on campus parking? We'll just walk back here. Like, this is, um,
5: yeah, 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 yeah. it's a significant, uh, cost. Uh, we, I'm sure we could park it outside, it'll be fine, right? There's nothing,
2: uh, you as long as the keys and we lock it up.
1: Could I f- forge a parking pass? Um, you certainly could attempt to forge a parking pass, absolutely.
2: We've parked this thing in worse
5: places, guys. Let's just fucking park it outside, lock it up. Don't take a giant shit in it before we leave it for a bit. And uh, do we have siege mode? Do we have a siege mode on this thing? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Ogstar might be able to answer that one. <clears throat> we, we didn't ask him to put that in last time. I thought we tried doing this once. Didn't we, Try?
1: He's mentioned it
4: before and you guys have never followed up. Fuck i'm doing it yep. uh, Boom! boom. <laughs> this is augstar how can i help you
5: hey 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 uh Aukstar, is there is there a security system on this thing so that we can park this somewhere
4: oh absolutely thank you so much for asking Eldrin. i can't believe you haven't asked before at any point <laughs> um, yes when you engage the security system uh the Witamajo will go into full lockdown mode the reactor will deactivate the doors and windows will magically seal. It will cast a illusion on itself that makes people ignore it. So as long as you're not like blocking traffic, like in an alley, wedged in an alley somewhere, mm, mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. could pretty much park this thing anywhere. And uh, as long as you engage the security
0: properly, it'll it'll generally be fine. Can it elude magical detection? You just said it casts a spell. I, I'm...
4: Depends upon the depth of the magical detection. You really have to be looking for it. Like like if you were just scanning the street with magic in general. The nature of the spell would cause you to avoid scanning this area, but if you were going, I think
1: there is something parked there, and you were intentionally looking for it If somebody was magically searching for it very intentionally
0: would 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 campus police be looking for it magically like just park it off the road somewhere it's like it's- yeah, not on campus.
5: I, yeah, outside the campus. Yeah, exactly.
2: Elgin, please just go ahead and just turn this thing around and go park somewhere. Uh, like he can't, he can't stop you from driving it. Just go ahead and just. All
3: right. uh, can I, while they're arguing, can I be forging a parking pass?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do you have a forger's kit or anything, or what are you doing?
3: Yep, um, I have a forgery kit, and I have uh, my background feature. As long as I've seen. Um, the kind of document that I'm trying to copy, mm. I can forge in uh, official papers.
1: I will say you can grok and see a parking pass hanging from somebody's, I don't know, fucking rear view wagon mirror. Like, yeah, you can see one attached <laughs> to one of the vehicles in one of the lots. That's it, like Because the vehicles either have that temporary scroll or they have the parking placard. So, yeah, you would be able to, to suss out one of the placards and attempt a forgery on it. Yeah, I'm in it. A- That it's going to require an arcana check, though. Mm. Arcana okay. Normally, I would require a sleight of hand for a forgery, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you can forge a parking pass. The question is whether or not you can inscribe it with the magical glyphs of authenticity that they will test for Mm. it. So, arcana check to see whether or not you can spot those out and get them all created.
5: Oh, hold on. So we're not just gonna park the invisible car. We're not
2: Yeah, but no. now now we're now we're parking it. That was very solid. Uh, uh, Elgin, Elgin, please, please, Elgin just please just leave and go park this thing somewhere else. We will walk. Yeah, I,
1: uh, Hold on. What what was the Arcana roll? That's uh well that was that was a tent on the car-
3: Arcana and
5: I'm driving off. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maury's embarrassed and crumples it up and <laughs> uses a sorcery point to, to roll to do it again. <laughs> right. I'm using uh, magical guidance.
4: <laughs> you
1: guys are arguing back and forth about where to fucking park. And Maury sets up a little fucking desk and folds it open, it, like <laughs> folds open three different ways. She's shaving down a wooden placard into the shape of a card. She pulls out the exact, correct, right royal blue to paint it, uh, manages to. to Use a cantrip to dry it off. Coats it with appropriate lacquer. It, it, like has four little different uh, hands come out to artistically paint on the school seal, and is now working on the runes of authenticity. What was that second Arcana roll? It was a sixteen. And looks like she's done a pretty okay job at it, from what uh, from what she would believe. <laughs> what she would believe. Eh? <laughs> I say siege mode. Eh? Mm-hmm.
5: I don't know, guys. I think we just parked the invisible car. Siege mode, yes. S-A siege say
0: siege mode with a placard just in case. Just, the, just double doses.
3: Yeah, just hang it was in there also. Just backup <laughs> plan,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to write that. So the way this will work, I'll write the 16 down. At some point during the adventure, the campus police will make an opposed Arcana check on that placard roll, and you'll find out how that goes when you come back to the Winamacho. So
2: <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Why don't we just go invisible siege mode though?
1: <laughs> yeah. You are committed to this course of action. No, no,
2: no. no. <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> I am sorry.
2: We definitely said we were
5: leaving. <laughs> I definitely said we were going,
1: <laughs> but as you guys are doing that, Mori produces what lo- appears to all of you to be a very, very well done forgery of the parking pass. And, and yeah, it seems reasonable that you guys could park in the lot, put it in siege mode which makes it not invisible. okay. But it's uh, if anybody's familiar with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and if you're not, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh. It effectively erects somebody else's problem field around the (laughs) Winnemajo. And so people don't notice it. But she could then turn around and, which if you don't think the campus police at Yal Havar have the ability to see through magical illusions, you're not paying attention. But uh, you can then slap uh, at the parking pass uh, uh, and stick it to the outside because it magically attaches to whatever on the outside of it. Look, A16 is a really good fortry. You know, I will tell you that much. I am not going to fuck you.
5: He is absolutely going to fuck us uh-huh. with this. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're fucked. Yeah.
4: We are so fucked. Yeah.
1: I will roll in in quote unquote in front of the screen. I will let you guys know when I'm doing the roll and we'll show it to you Listen. and then we'll edit that bit out and and we'll just we'll just deal with the reaction.
0: He only rolls great on death saves against us. Like <laughs> against people uh double stomping our faces in. So he
1: we should be all right.
2: <laughs> it, he he rolls great every time the opportunity presents itself for him to fuck us if the dice allow him.
1: <laughs> well, look, that's the universe. That's not me, guys. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. And, I, and it's not like, it, I, if it makes you feel any better, it's been that way with every group I've ever played with. I, I have legendarily good dice karma. So much so that one time there was a guy that was hanging out in our apartment. He was like, Oh, we'll play craps and take you guys for money of what you're worth. And he challenged me because he thought I was just the dumb fucking goofy uh, nerdy kid and all my friends are like dude you don't want to play dice with this guy please please don't i took that guy for 200 bucks and all his weeds so, <laughs> don't fucking play dice with me man i don't cheat it's just the universe fucking occasionally makes me roll when it's when it's narratively mm. narratively exciting so anyway, you guys park in the lot. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Man, the key, keys get keistered unless you guys want to make a case for something else happening. Nope.
5: Mm-mm. Why would we do anything else at this point?
1: Eldrin there. twerks to the left and then twerks to the right <laughs> to engage security <laughs> mode. The, the windows lock down and the Winamajo fades from public's consciousness. Uh, you guys approach the, uh, the gates to Yal Havar. The centaur gives you Mori a guest speaker lanyard. Um, gives Fate a alumnus lanyard and then gives the rest of you guest lanyards and then snap her fingers. And a most of y'all would just say elvish, but what Fate and Eldrin would recognize as a young elf a woman hops over, is wearing a simpler version of their uniform and she is introduced as this is a uh, docent Yakin Hoff. Yakin will be showing you around. She is a academic. Four foot eight short for a, uh, for a high elf. And you can tell it makes her a little bit self-conscious wearing the, not intern, but a definitely a new lower ranking school official uniform. It doesn't have quite the level of embroidery around the school crest. The blue isn't quite as deep a blue as the gate guards. And wearing that very similar upper military style, almost long sleeve jacket that then goes down at the waist, bells out. At the waist with some plain pants and uh, boots, n- not exotic leather, just a very plain leather boot. <laughs> Somewhat of a, I don't want to say an ornate belt, but really you would liken it to a utility belt. A number of patches, wand, holster. fate. You would know it as being a journeyman component belt, basically. It's a way for working mages to carry a wide variety of components without having a backpack or any of the normal gear that you would carry as an adventurer, since their uniforms are pretty strictly regulated, they have to carry all their components in these, what basically looks like a, a fancy utility belt with a wand holstered at the side. I certainly take you straight to the hall, but it is tradition to give you just a quick walk around campus beforehand, especially in a, uh, an alumnus. I am quite pleased to be able to have both an a, an alumnus and a a, and a visiting speaker under, under my responsibility at the same time. Do you do you mind if I, if I give you the, uh, the official official walk around real quick as we, before we head into the, the, the main administrative building?
2: That would be nice. Faye, do you have time before you need to make it to your speaking engagements?
3: Oh, yes. My speaking engagement isn't for another week, but you know how I like to arrive at a place ahead of the time and know where all of the exits are and where anyone could possibly be because of my social anxiety.
1: <laughs> She's very excited that you, that you said yes to this, uh, and she... It tugs at her jacket a little bit and begins walking you basically around the outer perimeter so that the campus is organized in, I don't want to say a number of rings, but you can definitely see that there is a, a strata to the way that the campus is organized and the way that the buildings are organized. As she initially starts walking you around, she you know—she starts her very canned speech and she goes, you know, of course, everyone knows study at uh, Yal Havar isn't just about learning to master the arcane. It's about learning magic to become a master in the field, whether you're a clairvoyant historian and an artist capable of painting in color, scent and music, a, an orator whose words can heal, a, a, a scientist capable of defining new laws of reality through experiments powered by the arcane fires of, of evocation or, or, or any other profession. You know, th- there are certainly a lot of other schools that can claim achievements in specific magical fields no school has ever had a greater repository of of arcane knowledge or greater mastery of traditional magic than Yal Havar. Um, Magic, and as she makes a sweeping gesture with her her arms, is everywhere on campus. Uh, The campus encourages finding magical solutions to the most mundane problems. And as she gestures over, you can see a student walking towards a dormitory with just a massive pile of books floating on a tensor's floating disk. Um, you can see campus groundskeepers using prestidigitation to clean up some wadded up papers that had been discarded by a careless student. Everywhere you look, there is somebody employing magic in some way or another to uh, do the simplest tasks. You know, when a student encounters a challenge that's beyond their current resources, they're expected to hit the stacks of one of the libraries, and she points inward to the center of the, the campus. Um, and it, again, kind of as you look, the outer ring tend to look a little bit newer. Um, they are solid brick buildings. Again, that, that very solid deep red that makes up the wall, but some of them are even three or four stories taller than the wall would, would normally protect. They are almost uniformly the square or rectangle, very mathematically designed. You can see that the heights of the windows in relation to the width or the shape of the building, it really form the details of a cube. Everything is is very uniformly cut and arranged, peaked tiled roofs with gabled entries out in the front, row and row of these. And this is, You know, and this is where we have a number of lower coursework classes as she's kind of weaving you around through these uniform buildings. It it gets repetitious. It gets a little bit disorienting as she winds you around. Todd, you're in nerd hell. Like, it's just (laughs) mobs of wizards bespectacled, carrying books, Mm -hmm. people talking arcane theory. It is a thousand fates dropped into one city in one place, talking (laughs) in, in ways that you can't imagine. It, you can feel some pressure start to build, and again, it still mimics that very uniform build. But as she curves around, because this is where um, there are a number of residences, and of course, this is where the different magical societies, the the fraternities and sisterhoods and groupings have their their chapter houses. It's basically like like Greek row. This is basically where all the, the fraternities and sororities and non binary gatherings have their individual chapter houses. And it it's it still conforms to that very structured architecture, but we, here's where you see a few more gables in front of multiple entrances. The windows tend to be open a little bit more. A few of them have wall hangings or tapestries hanging down beneath the window with the, the symbols of the individual chapter house, like Chi Phi Kappa Omega or magic missile, sleeping spell, something, something, insert something wizardly. <laughs> insert something
0: wizardly. <laughs>
1: but as you guys are walking through this part, it has a little bit more of a casual feel. And you you hear something, Todd, and it at first it just catches your ear a little bit, and you, like, you kind of glance around, and it doesn't seem like anybody else has picked up to it, is the, the docents' ramblings about all the different ways that magic is expressed through Arnocia and how... You know, Normir, we tend to describe magic in terms of lines of raw energy and, and ley lines and arcane formula and how Raelian giants, like that goes to a slow, dim rumbling as you tune her out, typically as you do when you tune Fade out when he starts talking about anything specific. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear this, bow, bow, <laughs> bow, Like you hear this almost elemental tune there is a tingling. Everybody give me perception checks real quick. And the plums? The tingling in the plums? <laughs> Not the horns. I was going to go the horns, but okay. <laughs> See if anybody glances back at Todd at this moment.
3: 19.
2: I got a 19. I got a 22. Oh, I got a 19 also. See. So yeah.
1: You guys are trailing along behind the docent, and you notice that Todd has stopped and is starting to get a little bit uncomfortably away from all of y'all. Um, and you're still not sure if that body swap was just the way that the pentahedron swaps will work now or if Todd's going to get teleported. But he's he's starting to trail behind. And he, Todd, you're in a little bit of a dreamy state to where you've, you've slowed, and you can feel yourself kind of doing that drunken swerve almost where you're veering a little bit towards what you feel like is the source of that tune of that beat. And you guys can see almost a slight, you catch just for a glimpse, just for a moment, what might be a slight bluish flaming highlight that twirls around the, the, the whorls of Todd's horns. It's just there for a moment. Um, and then the docent stops and goes, sir. So, sir, um, excuse me, sir. And she kind of snaps and it snaps you out of it for a moment, Todd. Mm-hmm. And she goes, uh, you're, I'm sorry, sir, you're, you're headed towards uh, Omega house. I would prefer not to go over there if at all possible. Can we just, it's a little bit of a, um, it's a little bit of a party whoa, whoa. fraternity with a little bit of a reputation. Reputation for what? Well, nerd. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. What was that? Uh, nerd. You see her reaching into a pouch and coming up with a handful of colored sand. That you, fate immediately knows a sleep oh. spell in the offering. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: No, no, <laughs> that's a sleep spell fate is just like nodding and stepping to the side to open up the lane.
1: <laughs> I, w- I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. O- Omega health, you, I wouldn't surprise me if you were a legacy, <laughs> you know, the, the magical uh, societies, we call them fraternities and, and uh, sororities because they, you know, that was traditionally what they were, but they're much more open than that. Now there, there's a lot more of a, of a back and forth between people who join except for Omega. It is the fraternitiest of fraternities. <laughs> it is the broiest of bros. We're not exactly sure why they're still allowed on campus. There have been rumors of hazing incidents and the surprising number of tieflings, but
0: <laughs> of they t- do
1: throw the best parties. There's no party like an Omega party because an Omega party doesn't stop. So, so wow, wow, wow. You be here. You be, you no.
2: <laughs> there is one question that I've been dying to ask. Mm. How actually impressed is Fate I'm comparing Yahovar to Coralines. Um, Like, is this like a small step up from Coralons? Or is this like going from like, you know... Community college to an Ivy League? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you're telling me Coralines is... I don't want to say parochial, but it it's got implications. Even be, being named after the the god of elves, um, it's got implications of being a uh, almost a little bit of a religious school. Mm, yeah, yeah. Is that the case? You tell me, Faye. What is your perception? Like, how many buildings were on Coraline University campus?
2: There was a building for each um, school of magic, plus you know, like you know, organizational, administrative, support buildings, whatnot. But they were not anywhere. They weren't large buildings. They were you know, you know a. a class or two or three could be held per building and housing was sparse and not grand, but still nice. So I I, I imagine this is something that's like, at least from my perception coming into that, like he's trying his hardest inside of himself to not be like completely blown away with like, oh, this is like, this is real college here.
1: So Yal Havar has roughly 660 buildings. (laughs) When you look at the entirety of both the outer ring that you guys are in right now, which has administrative buildings, lower level coursework, the fraternities, sororities, et cetera, which are all this very brick, very uniform with ornate gables and occasionally ornate columned entries. As you guys move a little bit deeper into the campus, the architecture gets a little bit more complicated and moves into what we would picture as kind of traditional medieval architecture. These thick walls with these round arches pillars become much more common and and now you start to see the primary buildings which make up the individual magic schools within it and with with Havar, it's not like oh this is the school of evocation and oh this is the school of enchantment it goes even beyond that where you have yes those core fundamental focuses but then you have the applied magics which bridge the gap in between each one of those so you like in between the primary department of evocation and the the primary department of divination, you would have the you know the college of applied magical archaeology, or you know in between necromancy and in between abjuration, you would have you know the like the medical school, the college of applied arcane healing. Um, it's a small school. Obviously, divine magic has a tendency to be more focused on uh, on healing the arcane, but there are. There are wizards that are studying to be able to use those energies outside of of the arcane within that so it goes from that simple brick has a little bit of a newer feeling of that outer ring as you move into it to where now the buildings are more of a a thick a granite block a lot of the architecture like a very semi semicircular kind of that mage tower influence starts to move in as you move into this inner ring of the campus. Almost all the doors and the main entryways have a vaulted portal above the double doors. There are these roads of little kind of mini-columned arcades at the top of buildings. These just these rows of arches supported by different piers and columns. These larger sweeping roofs that come up to these different peaks where you have these columns and barrel vaults. And each building has... A very clearly defined form, um, still very symmetrical, while the architecture gets larger and more sweeping. And now instead of being these individual uh, smaller buildings, you know, now you're talking about the larger departmental, basically schools within a school almost. And then as she winds you past that, you reach the core of the Al-Havar, the, the Al-Havar Yard basically, where it's the the core buildings that represent the original college that was founded by the elves. This is where all the libraries are at. And you transition from the larger, more stout architecture of the secondary ring into the wildly detailed and sweeping gothic architecture of the Yalhalvar Yard at its heart. You know, wood elves are known for in their Larger communes or their larger military compounds, Wood Elves tend to come in one of two flavors, are either more organic, tree-lover, hippie, environmentalist ones, and preppers, basically. There's your, your two divisions of Wood Elves in this world. <laughs> high Elves all tend to be just kind of around cities. Like there, There's a little bit more diversity to High Elves as a whole, but the High Elves that make up Yahavar are some of the oldest documented, and this is because elves are around for fucking so long, they've just been, they, they're better at keeping keeping records. It's not like the elves were there before anybody else. All the races basically evolved into, I don't say sentience, because that's not necessarily proper but the impact of the Godspire triggered a leap forward in, in cultural evolution. The elves were better at keeping records than anybody else right from the very beginning, so it occasionally gives that perception of a more consistency of culture and society, but These are also the snottiest elves. These are the ones that probably skew most towards the traditional fantasy elf snob version. Those are the ones that came together and formed Yalhavar, and the the Yalhavar Yard is the the core of that. Where before she was pointing out departments, now she starts pointing out individual buildings, like the Widener Library, um, which is connected to the Pusey Library Annex, the Houghton Library for rare books and manuscripts, the Lamont Library, which is the main undergraduate library. So it's these Four or five massive buildings with these sweeping, you know, flying buttresses and peak spiked roofs and just rows and rows of gargoyles leaning down. There's not an inch of the building that isn't chiseled or inscribed into some decorative pattern that you you really feel now, Fate, just completely overwhelmed. She points to really kind of the largest uh, building at the, the center of that. Which is the uh, the home of the Board of Overseers and the the office of the University of the Marshall? And she goes, well, now if if you're going to register or check in for the speaking event, madam Tater, that would be uh it's Tater Tater. It's what I, I think that I think that's what I said. Okay, that's I'll I'll take your word for it. Say tert- with me, Tater t- t- tert- t- 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 uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to. Uh, Okay, um, best, best of luck to you, all of you. Turn to and turn. she <laughs> poofs away in a, in a cloud of embarrassment and leaves, uh, leaving you fate on the steps of this towering edifice of magical learning and, and potential. And you've never felt smaller than you ever have before. And that's where we'll end this episode. Okay, an argument can be made that Maury has done a pretty solid baba, and an argument could be made that she's done a very, very solid fate uh, at this point. Those of you lobbying for this to become a one-ooze show with Maury playing all the goons, I hear you, I see the messages, and uh, we'll, we'll take it under consideration. But hey, in the meantime, let's thank those patrons. You know, they consistently show up for us both in the Discord, in our community, and financially by supporting the show and, and helping us bring you bigger and better content. And we reward that with lore posts. Finally dropped a little bit of Feywild lore. And you know what? You can always kind of tell what direction the show is heading by where those lore posts are going because they're usually foreshadowing for where the next setting is. Bonus podcasts like the Hunter's Party. We're getting back in the edit booth on those this week. Have like four in the tank that we just need to crank out. I know I said crank, deal with it. Swag, we're deep in the throes of a tournament of champions, which is the PVP tournament where the players fight each other for bragging rights and a championship belt. This is Tori's first talk, Tori's first match against Eldrin. Normally that's locked behind the $5 tier, but we've opened that up for everybody. So if you're a patron supporter at any level, you'll get to sample Tori and Eldrin going at it in combat. In combat, you sickos, combat. It really does help us provide you with even more entertainment. So, you know, you benefit just as much as we do. Yeah. Anyway, better be Beaveranus, Daniel, Ken, Kirk, Malohi Mr. Smee, Sundance Sid. I know you're asking yourselves, what? I've supported Todd for all this time and he hasn't pooped in my toilet once? Well, add your address to your Patreon profile and maybe, just maybe, the next time Harland is in your area... He'll prove just how much you mean to him and his character and the podcast by pooping. This is about him coming and pooping at your house, right? You get that, right? Okay. Also, we reserve the right for Harlan not to poop in your house. Uh, Strangely enough, we also do reserve the right for Harlan to poop in your house. He gets to have it both ways. A roboticized private eye, barred out of hell. Bryce, cosmic worm, Mr. Bible Pants. Dean, don't use good yarn on bad conspiracies. Drekin, man, again, Drekin, your love for Ryan Johnson's interpretation of Star Wars mythos knows no bounds. It's impressive, man. Encyclopedic, I would say. Korobe Nikki Bobicki, well played, ma'am. Well played. Memento Mori, Miles, new names only. Mori wanted you to know for your support, she has looped one and a half hours of that slime noise, and you'll be getting that in your inbox. And you are required to listen to it. It's like the ring. If you don't listen to it and then immediately pass it on to two other people, you won't die. But it's a really unpleasant experience for most of us. If you're into that, that's your thing. Okay, we get it. But man, not so much. Hannah, Yogan, Kalevi Alvetti Loki the Angry Dwarf, Martian, Rin B, Thomas Jacob, Bill. You know, some people might think that Eldrin's parking and taking up most of that second parking spot is just his completely kind of asshole way of parking because, you know, Eldrin. But you know what he's secretly doing? Secretly saving you that spot. I mean, he's not going to probably be in the Winter Major. You get there. And so you're probably going to have to park further up the street and walk. But it's the thought that counts. And in celebration of Fate's arc, he doesn't currently have any supporters. Bill, Dr. Death, Gibbons Camp, Matt, Professor Flattop, Saga, Zork, and of course, resident alpha patron Lee. You know, in Tabashi custom, you really know that somebody's your friend when they empty your sandbox. Kind of an opposite thing. Instead of, you know, bringing a turd to your house, they're taking a turd away from it. Because fantasy. So once again, thank you to all those supporters. Uh, Again, we can't say how much we appreciate it. But that's only because the emotional walls we built over time due to our, our upbringing really makes it difficult for us to connect with people and show gratitude. It's um, something we're working on. And by working on, I mean producing a D&D podcast. Anyway, look, it's a rough time for a lot of people out there right now. Things are weird. Maybe you just lost your job as Speaker of the House. Things could be tight. So it's okay if you can't support the Patreon. We, we understand it. But you know what you can do? You can tell somebody about the show. And seriously, I I know this is something that we ask every single episode for, but I do want to take a minute here to signpost this. Due to a regular publishing schedule at the beginning of summer, our numbers are down a little bit, which is understandable. That kind of thing happens when you you shift things up, that's okay. But would like to get them boosted up back to where they were at least by the end of the year and we're going to do some things on our side for that, but really would sincerely appreciate it if everybody made a little bit of an extra effort to just mention the show and encourage one or two people to pick it up and start listening. Really easy. All you got to do is send them a link to gmdlcast.com forward slash listen. That will have a link to every possible podcast platform with, with which they could listen and will help boost up the show. I mean, honest to God, we've run ads. We've done collaborative promos. We're probably going to do more of those in the next couple of months. But the the best way, the best way for a show to grow is for the people who listen to it, the people who appreciate it, to evangelize it. The only time I'm going to ever ask you to preach to their friends, family, coworkers, people at their game store, all of it. Because one in five people, one in five, decide which podcast they should listen to next based on the recommendation of somebody they know. One in five. Without that, that would be like losing one of the party of five. Like Todd. And how would we ever understand the rules of real estate and social bonding in this world that we're building if we didn't have Todd? I don't know. And frankly, I don't want to find out, at least for another year until we finish this campaign, and then I'm blessedly, blessedly free. No, not really. There's no end to this for me. This is a problem. Anyway, thank you for joining us. You all are fantastic. It means the world to us that you join us in our little corner of the actual play universe. Thanks again. Thanks for your time. And hope you enjoyed the show. I think she said it was
4: Oh, like
1: no. I think you're just making weirder and weirder noises with your mouth. Yeah? Or you try doing two voices each other in a conversation. See how easy it is for you. Ah, point taken.